Romans 12, a New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviours and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a better function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, then teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, then give generously. If God has given you the leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honourable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Lead that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says Yahweh. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their head. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Hey, come here. Let me tell you something. Yeah, you. Come, come here. You are loved. You're amazing. You are loved and known by the creator of the universe. His right hands that flung stars into space made you, formed you for a purpose. He loves you.
So this wasn't exactly what I planned, how I planned to record this. I felt like I'd had a message that God wanted to share and, you know, if you know me, you know, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> and so they're trying to curate just the right words in just the right order. And then on top of that, think about how I'm going to record it. Camera setup I'd like to use, maybe multiple cameras, lights to make it look cool, good audio, good sound. <sighs> and it was just getting so much, too much. All these layers of complexity that I'd added, expectations that I felt were on me to produce something really good. And as I was getting worked up over this, my wife Emma suggested that you know, just go for a walk, clear your head. <laughs> I listened to my wife. And as I walked that Monday afternoon, at the beginning of the week, I felt God say, you know, strip away all the complexity that you add on. Because this talk, this message that I want to share is about our purpose and our identity. And the fact that we allow ourselves to listen to the wrong voices, that we layer expectations on ourselves that we don't need. And that all goes to fracture the vision of ourselves, our perception we have of ourselves. And so I felt like I needed to strip it away and come out for a walk and try and record a bit more ad hoc and allow it to be less of me and more of God. So here I am, having walked about nine and a half miles yesterday, trying to record it in 30 mile an hour winds. Recording audio outdoors in the wind, not a great idea. An acorn just fell on my head. So I put some miles into this. So I hope that God will speak to you this morning. Because I really think that somebody needs to hear just how much he loves you, just how much he cares for you, and just how good you are at what you do and who you are. Like, you might just be exactly what God meant you to be, doing just exactly what God meant you to do. Just maybe. Right from the beginning, right from the beginning of creation, God had created us, you and me, for a purpose. To partner with him, to drive creation forward. He loves us. He loves you. And you have a purpose. But sometimes our perception of ourselves can become fractured and broken. Like when you look in a mirror. And things come at us in life. Things that are outside of our control. Small things, big things but they all have an impact on us, on how we perceive ourselves. You know, you might be experiencing a season of uncertainty. A lot of us are. Maybe what you know, what you knew has been stripped away. But that doesn't mean that you don't have a purpose. And you know, 
you're not depressed you may deal with depression but don't let your issues become your identity you are not what you're going through you are not what you deal with you are not your failures or shame you're not even your greatest achievement God reigns over your mistakes he reigns over your shame he reigns over your future he knows it all and he loves you and he's chosen you anyway and he forgives you and he is for you there's a song the blessing by elevation worship you may be familiar with it and for the most part it's lifted straight from scripture in numbers chapter 6 make his face shine upon you be gracious to you but there's a refrain in the song that I love and whenever I sing it I have to smile it just makes me smile and it's four words he is for you and regardless of what you think of repetition in songs and in worship happens in scripture in the Psalms but to hear or sing again and again he is for you 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 hear that truth and if God is for you then who can be against you another song by Elevation Worship is my testimony and it has the line if I'm not dead you're not done and if you're not dead and you're watching this God wants to say he's not done he's not done with you you have a purpose and he loves you There's a story in the Old Testament you might be familiar with, David and Goliath. Now at the time, David is just a shepherd boy, just. And David's a shepherd boy and he's sent to the battle lines as the Israelites fight the Philistines to take food to his brothers. But they're at an impasse because nobody wants to fight this giant Philistine, Goliath. Well, David's not having any of it. He goes, he says, oh, I'm going to fight this guy. What are you all doing just standing around? And he goes before the king, Saul. And Saul says to him in 1 Samuel 17, he says, you can't fight this Philistine. David sighs heavily, packs up his things and goes back home. No, he doesn't. David says, I will, I will do this. David isn't going to listen to the negativity, the negative voices. He's listening to the voice of his God. 
and he knows who he is. He knows who God has destined him to be, and he's not listening. But Saul doesn't give up trying to influence the situation and clothes David in his own armor, heavy armor, helmet, sword, chainmail, layers of expectation that David didn't need and didn't want, weren't his. And David shakes that off too. David shakes off the layers of expectation that are not his, that he does not need to carry. And he goes into battle as David, as himself. You may have heard this phrase, this saying, seems to be attributed to um, Albert Einstein, although I think the jury's still out on that. If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend all of its life believing that it's stupid. Whose voice are you listening to? Who are you allowing to influence your own perception of yourself? Who are you allowing to give you identity? And whose expectations are you trying to live up to? Your own? That's really good. Somebody else's? Hardly ever good. You need to listen to God's voice. Live up to God's expectations. There's also this story in the New Testament. In Mark chapter 5. And there's lots of people in this story. And lots of ways you can look at it. But one of the key people is Jairus. He is a synagogue official. And his daughter is sick. Now Jesus is on his way to help his daughter. To help Jairus' daughter. To help this official's daughter. This guy is important. He has identity. He has position. And it's his daughter. That gives her identity. And as Jesus is on the way to Jairus' house, amongst the crowds, you know, there's no social distancing right now. In the crowds, he feels someone touch him. Power goes from him. And the person that touches him is this woman who we are only introduced to as a woman with the issue of blood. She is known by her issue. She has become consumed by this thing that has hounded her for years and she's known as the woman with the issue of blood now as she reaches out and touches Jesus it says in verse 29 immediately the blood dried up immediately the issue was resolved she was healed but Jesus didn't let her just go back home and revel in her restoration Jesus called her out. Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples were like, well, everyone's touching you. It's crowds of people. Jesus calls her out and she comes before him in fear and trembling. And it says in verse 33, but the woman knowing, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And Jesus said to her, 
daughter, your faith has made you well. And why did Jesus have to call her out in front of everybody? I know I wouldn't like to be called out. Just let me alone. I've got what I wanted. I wanted healing. And I've got that. Let me go and I'll live a great life and I'll tell the story. What a wonderful testimony that is. The woman healed. No longer the woman with the issue of blood. The woman healed. But you know what that identity is? Still wrapped up with her issues. She's still identified with her past. And isn't what Jesus tells her something that she already knew? It's what Jesus calls her. He calls her daughter. He gives her an identity that is bigger than herself. An identity as the daughter of someone important. To share in his identity. It wasn't what he called her, what he told her, it was what he called her. Isaiah 43 says, Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. Your identity is in God. Your identity is in Jesus. You are family with the one who flung stars into space, who created the tiniest things, the complex things, the beautiful things. And you are beautiful. You are known by the creator of the universe. You are loved and you have a purpose, a calling. It may seem mundane to some comparisons, but that's the point. Comparison is a thief of joy. Be who you are, who God created you to be, no one else. No one else can be like you. No one else can worship God like you or for you. do we go about making sure that we connect with that truth and how do we rebuild that fractured image that fractured reflection of ourselves that we have I believe there's two things that can help one is something I called a, a thin place and the other is an exposed place now, the thin place is somewhere where you connect with God. Somewhere where heaven touches earth a bit more real for you. And it's in that place that you feel restored. 
And Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth. And so it's that, that place where yeah, heaven touches earth, that you connect with God. It's a place or a time or an activity that restores you, that connects you with God, that connects your spirit to his spirit. And so maybe it is first thing in the morning. Maybe it is while you're having a shower. For me, it's often when I'm running or just out in the woods walking like this. Or when I'm playing the guitar. So there's times and places where the busyness and the noise of the world is less and you can really connect with God. We need those thin places to spend time with God, to read scripture, to listen to worship music, to be in creation, to be away from the screens and the demands and the expectations of the world, to restore that fractured, broken image that we have of ourselves. Now, the other thing is an exposed place. And this is a place where, yeah, you're exposed. Emma and I had the privilege the other week of sitting and talking with Mary Taylor from our church over Zoom. I'd hoped, planned to include the, uh, some of the conversation in this service, but the way things have gone, it doesn't seem quite right anymore, but she said some really great things, some really wise things. And one of them was, um, her and Nigel, they just want to be ordinary people. They've lived a life in Christian ministry, and now they want to be ordinary people. And part of that, they put a bench outside their front door so they can have conversations with people as they pass by. They have intentionally exposed themselves to allow uh, themselves to be exposed to opportunities of God. And unless we do that, unless we make ourselves vulnerable, then we'll never be able to step into the identity that God has for us. And it can be uncomfortable and it can be scary. And that's why we need the thin places, the places that we connect with God and have that restoration. It's in these thin places that we are able to connect with God and restore ourselves. And it's in the exposed places where we are able to be used by God for his purpose for us. You know, Mary also said something else that I really loved. You've got to leave the outcomes to God. Because whatever the situation currently throws at us, the financial implications, the mental health implications, the social implications, we need to trust God. Because that, that's all we can do besides putting ourselves in a position to be used by God. And then pray, your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. 
maybe as you reflect on the pieces of your life on the fractured image that you have of yourself it's less about what's missing and as you listen to the right voice to God's voice and as you lay off your expectations of yourself and other people's expectation of yourself and focus on God's expectation and his plan for your life it might just be that you realize that what you thought was a broken fragment is actually just the right shape and just the right size to fit into God's plan we've got to push back against the negativity we've got to fight back Jesus knew this was a battle the first mention of the word church in the New Testament by Jesus is by Jesus and it says in Matthew 16 I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail God knew we'd be attacked John 10 10 the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy I come that you may have life and life abundantly we are in a battle and we need to fight back and we're stronger together as a church I heard this week a rephrasing of Proverbs 31 and you may know this as uh, the description of a godly woman it's a high standard for anyone but Pastor Craig Rochelle of Life Church rephrased the Passion Translation like this who could ever find a church like this one Christ's church is full of strength and mighty valor the church is full of wealth and wisdom the price paid for the church was greater than many jewels 13 and 14 the church stretches out continually to possess that which is pure and righteous the church gives out revelation truth to feed others verse 18 the church tastes and experiences a better substance and her shining light will not be extinguished no matter how dark the night she the church is known by her extravagant generosity to the poor for she always reaches out her hands to those in need her husband Jesus is famous and admired by all and even her works of righteousness she does for the benefit of her enemies and 2930 slightly more edited and it says this there are many valiant and noble ones but you have ascended above them all popularity can be misleading and followers wealth and worldly clout is vain and so quickly fades but the church the bride of Christ lives in the wonder and awe and fear of the Lord she will be praised throughout eternity if that connects with you then maybe this does too that you know we don't go to church we are the church and maybe that's a bit cliched but now more than ever it needs to be true when we can't meet and celebrate together we need to know that the church is not a building it's a people 
And I'm thrilled by that. But we are in a war and we need to encourage each other. We need to encourage each other to find those thin places and reconnect with God regularly. And we need to encourage each other and stir each other on to good works, to find those places where we can be exposed to God's will and God's opportunities. And that's why the church is so important. As a people, we need to be together to cheer each other on. Come on, you can do this. We've got this. You're going to smash this. You know, God has gifted you. So be a blessing. Don't leave this to another day. Don't push it off. Make Jesus the priority in your life right now. Shift your focus from yourself to him and reflect him. And then you'll know the will of God, the good, pleasing and perfect will. So if you don't know Jesus right now, if none of this really means very much to you, then I want to encourage you to pray with me now. If you want to choose now to put your identity in Jesus and look past the brokenness that you might be feeling, the expectations and rubbish and baggage that you're carrying, then pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. My life is not my own. Thank you that you have a purpose for me. Thank you that you want me and you know my name. I give my life to you. Help me to reflect you and trust you. Thank you for forgiving my sins and making me clean. I give my life to you in Jesus' name. I want to welcome you into the family of God. If you prayed that prayer, then click the button here below. And we want to reach out to you. We want to get in touch with you. Be a blessing. Push forward and know your identity in Jesus' name. Amen.